Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. And if you're joining in for the first time, usually I co-host with my teenage son and we review movies that I grew up watching. But today I have a very special guest. Um, joining me is Jackie Marpa. Is that, yeah, am I saying yeah, that right? you got it right. Uh, oh, no, you nailed it. Oh, oh I tried. You know, um, <laughs> comedian from Lan- Lansing, Michigan? Yeah, Lansing, okay. Michigan. All right. And, um, yeah, you're, you know, thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being asked to do this episode for the podcast. <laughs> I want to give a, sh- a shout out to uh, Jonathan Herr over at Just a Thought Podcast. You know, he had you on. And uh, I yep. thought I thought that um, you know it, you know I, I I just thought why not you know I thought I asked you to come on to review uh, a, a Filipino uh, movie today so um, mm-hmm. who better than uh, a, a Pinay herself you know yeah so, uh, so you being a comedian um, can you speak a little bit about um, you know when you thought or at, at what point in your life did you decide to become uh, a comedian and and how you got started. Well, when I was younger, like, well, when I was younger, when I was filmed the Philippines, um, one of one of the shows that I used to watch regularly was The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, mm-hmm. and um, and like, I guess like, there's this channel called uh, Jack TV, and that channel, like, all the shows there are shows from Comedy Central, and so I'd watch like The Daily Show and. Sarah Silverman program and just watching those shows, I kind of have given it a thought to like, "Mm, maybe I should try stand-up comedy, but it wasn't until like I turned 19 that I actually um, tried stand-up comedy. I actually went to my first open mic at our, um, our home comedy club here in Lansing. It used to be Connections Comedy Club, um, but now it's trippers. Um, but yeah, like I've always thought it was an interesting thing to do. And then but it wasn't until like two years ago that I actually dipped my toes in it. Now you've, uh, so you were in the Philippines up until at what age? You, you've been in the U.S. for about six years, right? Yeah, I've been living here in America for six years and, uh, I didn't, um, Basically, like, I was born and raised in the Philippines and moved here when I was 15. So a whole bulk of my life is just growing up in Filipino culture. Interesting. I'm, I'm kind of curious because it, it almost doesn't sound like it. Most of um, the Filipinos that I've, you know, that I know that spent more time in the Philippines usually have the thick accents. And it sounds yeah. like you grew up in the U.S., yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I get that a lot from like um, people I meet. They they're always surprised to find out that um, I wasn't born here. Um, but no, like I learned speaking English and Tagalog at the same time. So basically, when I was like learning how to speak, I mm-hmm. learned how to speak both languages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like excessive watching of Disney movies. <laughs> And so, like, I not only I picked on the blog, but I guess, like, how the characters sound like or, or the voice actors, like, I pick up on the accent, too, or the way they pronounce words, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. 
Um, now, growing up, did you have any, like, uh, inspirations on, you know, because I, I know, like, um, artists and, you know, musicians and comedians, they, everybody, they, you know, they're original to a certain extent, but was there any kind of influences growing up? Um, like, was there, like, a certain person that you loved to watch, you know, as far as, like, stand-up or, like, on TV or movies? Yeah, um... Well, when I was younger, like, I was really convinced that I was going to be an actress. Like, that's the thing that I'm going to become. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, as far as, like, looking up on people or whatever, uh, it's always changing. But the ones that I guess, like, the most consistent one was uh, not Michael Keaton, but Beetlejuice. The movie? Yeah, like, the character. Like, not the actor, but the character. Because I remember, like, that was one of the first movies I saw that I actually understood and loved. And I was like, oh, my God, I love Beetlejuice. Like, I look up to Beetlejuice. He's such an inter interesting character. But, yeah, I guess Beetlejuice and Jon Stewart, uh, Sarah Silverman, Steve Martin... Oh, yeah. Is a, yeah, big influence, I guess. Um, I get, like, I don't know, like, he, like, I look, I look up to him, but I guess, like, I don't think my work is, um, at that point where you can tell that I'm, like, that he's influenced me. But also a couple of, like, comics in the Philippines or comedic actors, per mm. se. So, yeah. Um, when, so when you're on stage and you're, um, I don't, I don't know what it's called. Like when you're doing your, uh, is there a term for it? When you're uh, when you're doing your set routine. Yes, yeah, set. There you go. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. There is there. Um, how do you deal with nerves and stuff like that? Do you do you do the cliche where you imagine everyone's in their underwear, or <laughs> how do you how um, do you get through that? Yeah, that thing, that tactic, like, never works for me. Okay. Um, I think I'll just, like, start laughing because thinking of everybody naked is such a silly tactic to use. But um, I, uh, well, before, well, because, like, I started comedy, I still wasn't allowed to drink in bars or whatever. But um, I guess, like, I just, like, the very... Like, I don't know, like, I guess I drink coffee, but then that would make me, like, even more nervous. So I just, like, I don't know, like, I don't remember, like, what I do to, like, calm my nerves before I started drinking. Because now I just, like, have a drink and then I'll be like, all right, I'm ready to go on stage. little liquid courage. Yeah. So, so Yeah, before... liquid courage, there you go. <laughs> but, but before, yeah, but before... it was just, just nothing. Yeah, but, yeah, like, but before if I'm, like, super nervous. Um, I guess, like, it's kind of, like, tricking my head into, like, hey, you did this before. You'll be fine this time. Like, you didn't die. Um, but then there are times that my nerves, like, win me over, and it's just a horrible set altogether. Oh, I, I'd like yeah. to imagine you maybe with, uh, you know, your Beats by Dre uh, headphones on, you know, um, <laughs> listening to some Eminem in the bathroom, psyching yourself up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever really do that? Myself up. Um, <laughs> no, but um, my friend and I, uh, she's also a comedian here in um, Michigan. Um, her name is Trisha Chamberlain. And at, like, there was a point where we both would um, put our headphones in and we would both listen to Childish Gambino's sweatpants, 
mm-hmm. like that song. And then um, we like we dance to it, but like we're both on our own headphones. Like we're not sharing headphones. Right. So like it's we think it's in sync, but like I'm a second behind, or like she's five seconds behind. So when we rap along to it, it's like we're <laughs> echoing each other. Um, but yeah, I guess like that's the closest thing I have to like Eminem warm up. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to listen to Eminem because you just might come out angry <laughs> instead, yeah, of, right? instead of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's some comedians though that like their anger works best i guess for their routine i just i don't think i can be an angry comedian like i don't think the crowd will take me seriously they be like oh that's an adorable girl getting angry right no one takes it seriously when i'm angry so yeah well you're definitely you come off really happy so you know you're always smiling so that's that's that is nice to see i i don't know if i dig angry people but you know there's not a lot of them i mean <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of one right now that, uh, see, there's, there's no one that's really angry. I mean, like Kevin Hart's not angry. You know, he's like, he, he, he plays like straight silly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who else have I seen lately? I know Russell Peters was brought up on Just a Thought podcast. Um, did, were, did, were you able to check out any of his stuff since then? No, no, I still haven't watched like an entire like special of his. I probably should, but no, I've yeah. only seen like again like a couple of videos of him. He's um, he's hilarious. Like you know, Jonathan put it out that uh, yeah, he, um, that Russell Peters does like on point. You know, like Asian uh, accents. Yeah, and yeah. I, we we got to see him here in Portland. You know, and uh, it was like it was mostly Asians in the crowd, Asians mm-hmm. and obviously Indians and uh, you know a lot of minorities. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's hilarious. I mean, you don't have to watch the whole thing. Like just a few of his sets. You know, they uh, yeah are pretty worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely look that up. I'm always like open to consuming all types of comedy or all types of stand-up. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I mostly just watch, like, uh, like Kyle Kinane. Um, have you heard of him? Mm, no. D- doesn't ring a bell. Uh, oh, yeah, he's um, he's pretty he's pretty hilarious. Yeah, like Louis C.K., Chad yeah. Daniels, Todd, uh, Todd Berry, like, those comics, um, Big Jay Okerson, like those are, those are the ones that like I keep on um, listening to over and over again. John Mulaney. Do you do um, um, what is it, Gabriel Iglesias? I Not I really. haven't watched any of his stuff, but I've heard of him. Yeah, I, think, I, I should really like. Yeah, I should really like broaden my <laughs> <laughs> my I guess consumption of stand up comedy. You don't want to do that too much because then may, may, maybe too many influences. Then you'll be all over the place. You know, you you'd be a little serious here and then, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about comedy, yeah. so don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm always I'm always interested in like hearing what other people like what other people have to say yeah. about stuff. Yeah. Do you um? Is there a like a local scene that that you frequent that uh, where where you appear or? Yes, um, actually, Michigan has a. I like. I think Michigan has a very like blooming comedy scene right now. Like all parts of Michigan, we have our own comedy scene. Um, 
I'm from the Lansing scene, and we try to, like, I think almost every day of the week we at least have, a like, a, an open mic or a show that comics could go and do their sets and people to watch. Um, but there's this... Uh, there's this open mic that I uh, I always go to uh, Max Monday Comedy Night ran by my friends Dan Curry and Mark Roebuck. There's also this new show that we have every Tuesday nights called uh, The Crunchies uh, Comedy Show. I should know like what it's called. <laughs> Crunchies, yeah. Um, but yeah, like we have a we have a very lively scene here in Lansing that um, you know when. Like if I can afford to miss work, I actually go to those places and try to try to get on stage and like tell jokes. Are so, you yeah. um are you a part of like any comedy groups where you guys help each one another out or anything like that? Um, I was part of an all female comic group, the Comedy Coven here in Lansing. Um, uh, it's all like uh, all the female comics here in Lansing, Michigan, uh, we formed, or, like, we were a group, well, there's still a group, but, like, I left because of, uh, um, you know, I have to, like, attend to responsibilities and whatnot, like, yeah. having to pick up more hours and eventually go back to school, um, but, yeah, like, there's, like, I used to be part of that group, um, but no, like, there isn't any other groups here in Lansing. Like, I got, but I have like a couple of friends here, like who are comics that, you know, like I meet up with and we try to like write stuff together and push each other or challenge each other to write better jokes or, you know, better ourselves, I guess, as performers and comics. Like, really challenge ourselves to like, put good content out there. Um, but yeah, like the scene like all together works as a, as a support system as well. I feel like, yeah. So yeah, like the scene itself is a group. I feel like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. For those that are uh, interested, I'll, I'll be sure to, um, you know, add some links to the show notes, you know, for those that can, uh, cause I, I, I know on your Twitter, I think you have a YouTube link. You know, uh, with your mm -hmm. permission, you know, I'll, I'll throw that on to the uh, the show notes. Um, oh yes, please. And then at uh, later uh, at the end, you know, when you pimp out your your contacts, if you want to throw out your Instagram, you know, um, mm -hmm. I I I really enjoyed your singing where you replace <laughs> certain words of the oh, songs man. with other words. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you watched those. Too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Was I not supposed to? Or I mean, because. Oh, you, you put out fine. your you put out your um your username on the <laughs> on John's show Jonathan's show so I yeah. thought I thought it was okay yeah. but um, oh no it's definitely okay I just <laughs> I'm just glad that you enjoyed it because it was a, like they were just a bunch of like silly uh covers of songs like replacing words to poop or right. <laughs> Any poop puns I can come up with. Well, and the funny thing is, like, you have a straight face every time you're singing. You know, so yeah. that's that's the funny part. So I I I, I did enjoy it. I was trying to do um, my quote unquote homework, right? Because I, I think Jonathan yeah, used a different right. word when when yes. he said he was looking things up. So. You know, I wanted to, you know, find some things, and I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, but clearly, like, this is this 
uh, proves that you are a good um, is interviewer a term that we would call yourself or I'm the interviewee, right? Because yeah, I'm yes. the one being interviewed. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, it's good to, like, I mean, I, like, I did school newspaper in high school, and one of the things I remember learning about, like, journalism is you do your research first about the topic and then about the person who you're going to interview, and then you go interview that person. So, yeah. Utmost respect to you, right? Or oh. to you, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Sir, yeah. I'm, I'm not that much older than you. Don't call me sir. You, no, you know, okay, yeah. I don't know when I should start being okay called, uh, yeah. to be called sir. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Still, it's still so weird, you know, because uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm only 32, you know, so I'm still kind of young, yeah. you know, but that's uh-huh. not so you young. You are, yeah. Yeah, and my, my no, sister is like... 24 and she calls me old. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so. oh no! I just realized like that was a douchey move because no. like calling you sir because like well I don't like being called ma'am. Yeah, like I hate it when like other people <laughs> call me ma'am. Like do I look like a forty-year-old woman who just got divorced or something? Like right. call me miss or just call me by my last name or first name? Yeah. I don't know. Like I'd rather have that person call me bitch or hoe than <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I I work with a lot of um, older women. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later on in our review, but mm-hmm. uh, I work with um, some older women, and I either say miss or I call them young lady. Okay. And and they you know they they think it's flattering. <laughs> oh, I'm not that young. Yeah. I'm old enough to be your mom, uh-huh. but you know because I'm not gonna call them ma'am. You know. Yeah. So so yeah, miss or young lady. I, I think that that would be fine with anybody uh, for any females of any age. At, at least I, that's in my uh, own opinion. Mhm. Yeah. It's uh they start like blushing and like pushing their hair like their hair behind their ear and like yeah. I'm all that young. <laughs> <laughs> like oh you. <laughs> <laughs> right, acting all coy. Yeah. They're like stop it. Tell me more about how I look so young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they, they they mistake me for a hidden on them. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then and then and then they challenge to you, and then they challenge you like, how old do you think I am? Right. And they make you guess. I'm like, stop. Now I have to like play my cards right. Well, that's another thing I do too. When like when uh, a birthday comes up, um, and like so you know some women actually reveal like, oh, I'm turning you know 52. I'd be uh, I'll be like, oh, you don't look a day over 36, <laughs> you know, and they, they, they blush. But, yeah, it's, you know, why, you know, why, I mean, because what, what's, what's the alternative? Oh, pff, ooh, that is old. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm like, you, you look good for 53, like, you know, so. Uh, I but, still, like, to this day, like, I still want to do this thing where, like, an older whether it may be like a lady, whether it may be like a lady or a gentleman who's older than me and then they reveal their age to me, they're like 50 or something. And I just want to go like, ew, gross. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then just, you know, I feel like I have to be like in a different state to do that. Cause then I, they, they won't, like, they won't see me afterwards. Like, right. I just, be back in Michigan and be miserable. <laughs> I got it. What what if what if during one of your sets you, you just, you know, raise your hand up and say, Hey, anybody here in town visiting? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and somebody raises their hand and goes, How old are you, sir? And it's like fifty six. Like, ooh, that is old. 
See, just to know it's just a visitor. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm like, work. how does it feel like? How does it feel like that you're approaching death <laughs> sooner um, than I am? <laughs> oh boy, that is the meanest thing ever. I. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of it. <laughs> or, or, or maybe maybe somebody that smokes. At least you can say that. Be like, how's it feel to get closer to death? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that might be a little right more on. acceptable because they'll know. They'll they'll know. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, no one likes a quitter, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so like it's so interesting that like we associate like death to age. Like like we think that the older you are, like the more like the more likely you are to die. But then if you really think about it, like there are kids or like there are teenagers like who die from like car accidents and whatnot and that doesn't necessarily like i guess like prove what i just said earlier that like the older you are the closer you are to death like Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's just like one of those thoughts i'm sorry like i'm taking this uh conversation elsewhere to a dark turn no no it's fine i mean this this is is your moment to to you know speak freely whatever's on your mind (laughs) But um, I mean, we we can you know get into the movie. Yeah, sure, for okay. sure. This is let's get to it. Okay, <laughs> so we are reviewing the 2000 um, comedy drama they debut. Uh, the director, mm-hmm. uh, can you help me out the name? Um, it's Gene. Is it K- Kijian? I should have pulled it up. No problem. I'll, I'll go. Just in, like, yeah. I'll go into some of the other casts. Um, yeah, but um, like I, yeah, because I was like watching, like I was watching the movie, and uh, I noticed that it was uh, it was under this um, television channel, I guess, in the Philippines or a television network called um, GMA Network, and because there are like there are two networks are like big TV networks in the Philippines. Mm. Uh, it was ABS-CBN and GMA Network. And GMA Network was the one who, um, I guess, like took care of this uh, movie. Oh. And this is like, this is the TV network that I grew up watching. And so like when I saw that, like when I saw that, I'm like, oh, then I'll like this movie. Um, it's kind of like and like NBC and the, Spots of the Philippines. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and like there are actors in the movie that are like that I know who they are and watch like TV shows with them in it. And oh, that's awesome. I got really excited. Yeah, like the grandpa yeah. and the dad. Yeah, like I like I see like I've seen a bunch of uh, I've watched like a bunch of TV shows with them in it. Um. Jean Kahayon. Oh, wow. I never would have guessed. Or, yeah, Kahayon or Kajayon. No, it's Kahayon. Like Kahayon. J pronounce. Yeah. Kahayon, like with okay. a J. Yeah. J pronounces an H or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, our. Yeah, like our language, uh, we take after, like, the Spanish language or. Yeah, the Spanish language, I guess, because uh, we've been colonized for like three hundred years, and it's yeah. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I learned that in high school that some words were the same words or just very similar. 
because mm-hmm. I was once called guapo and I thought it was a bad word. And like um, uh-huh. the, the girl who called me that wouldn't tell me what it meant, and I had to find out. And they go, "What? Mm-hmm. Didn't you take Spanish?" I go, "No, I took French." And they're like, "Well, that means handsome." So I was like, I felt like an idiot because I, I think I was yeah. rude because she wouldn't tell me what it meant. <laughs> and then like thinking back, I was like, "Okay, she was just a little embarrassed to tell me exactly what that meant." So, uh, yeah. so yeah, like, I was, I was like, glad. You know. Like back then, you thought like it meant like fart face or like <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what I thought whatever. it meant. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she called me fart face. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So uh, Dante Basco, he plays uh, Ben uh, Mercado. Uh, mm-hmm. People know him Who as is... Rufio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh... Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was like, I rediscovered like my love for him. In this movie. Uh... <laughs> well, like, yeah, watching Rufio. The first movie that I've seen him in was obviously Hook, and like I've always thought Rufio was really cute. Uh-huh. And and when I watched this movie, I'm like, oh, he is good looking. Yeah. So even without all the you know makeup and really nice hair, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, like I'm not like, I guess like I don't have any like Filipino crushes. Uh-huh. I have always had a crush on, like, celebrities here in America or whatever, even, like, growing up. And, like, Dante Basco was, like, one of those um, exceptions, I guess. No, what did you think about his brothers? Did you know that he, uh, three of his brothers were also in this movie? I, yeah, I saw the credits. And yeah. I'm like, Surprised. wow, they really, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought, I, yeah, I thought it was really interesting when, um, is it Annabelle who, um, God, like her last name is Bisco instead yeah, Joy of Bisco? Bosco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very close. See, I, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I think after I saw her in this, she went on to go do Not Another Teen Movie. And I don't think she had any speaking um, lines, but um, she played like uh, Jamie Presley's, like, you know, one of her right hand women, you know? Yeah. And, I was, um, um, the, yeah. the older brother who played uh, Augusto, um, I'm trying to see which which brother is, is that. Uh, He's the one who brought the gun, right? Yes, uh, Augusto is the one with the gun. Where is it? Augusto is played by Darian Basco. Uh, he was in the first uh, Brady Bunch movie. I don't know if you ever saw oh. that. No, no. No. Okay. I've, yeah. <laughs> so if anyone saw that, he was the Asian guy who was trying to carjack the um, Greg, the older Brady. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. And it, it was a scene that they played on the trailer, so that's the only reason like I remembered. Um, mm-hmm. but, but also, like I think you know, when I became like uh, fans, uh, like uh, a fan of movies, I, I learned that he was Rufio's brother. I was like, okay, no kidding. Um, but mm-hmm. the other two, I don't even know. Uh, one of them plays uh, Rommel. That's uh, Dion Basco. Uh, yeah. And then Edwin is played by uh, Derek Basco. So all four of them are in this movie, um, playing either cousins or just friends of, of Ben. Um, <laughs> now, the sister uh, who plays Rose, um, that is Bernadette. Now, is that Balagtis? Um, Balagtis. Balagtis. Okay. Yeah. Um, now she, I, I haven't seen her in anything else, but from what I was reading, it looks like she is into comedy as well now. Um, 
Yeah, so I I think she also does stand-up. But uh, I did try reaching out to her to see if she would be interested, you know, in possibly joining us or maybe even uh, even doing an interview. But uh, she replied, uh, thank you for thinking of me. Unfortunately, I am uh, unavailable. Um, The debut was a great learning experience for me and will always hold a special place in my heart. Have a great podcast, Bernadette. So, um, so, oh, nice. yeah, so that was a really nice, uh, I mean, she replied and, um, mm-hmm. you know, was very sincere about it, but yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, she, she wasn't even like, you know, maybe in, uh, another time, but you know, probably just busy, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we'll see if I can get anybody else, um, you know, hoping the director or something. Yeah. But, uh, you, you mentioned the, the father now that's played by, t- um, help me out with that one. That's Tirso, Terso. Yep. Tirso, Tirso Cruz the third. The third, and he's a singer. Yeah. Is a Filipino singer. Um, well, from what I remember, like he's like I didn't know that he sang like this. Like watching like that scene, I was like, whoa, he sang because he's always just been an actor to me. Like, yeah, like he's a well-known actor in the Philippines. Really, um, a really great one too. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that he sang. So, but yeah, he's like, I think he's just mainly an actor in the Philippines. I could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah, from growing up, like I've always, like, he's just an actor to me. Okay. And then the other big, um, um, character, I I guess you could say is the, the grandfather. And is, is that what Lolo means? Lolo's grandfather? Okay. Yep. Lolo um, is grandfather. Lolo Carlos is played by, uh, is it Eddie Garcia? Yep, Eddie Garcia. And what what is he known for? Um, Just uh, acting? Yeah, like another another, uh, great actor in the Philippines. Um, Really big name. Uh, He's a, yeah, he's known for like being like a really good actor. Um, Like think of him as like, I guess like the John Voight of Philippines. Mm, okay. Let me think of another old white guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Voight yeah. works. What about yeah, John uh, Voight works? Yeah. Uh, like a not a Christopher Walken, right? Not n- not a character, right? Like just just like an older good actor or something like a yeah, like an older good actor. Okay, I think John yeah. Voight works. I, we don't really have to fish for. Any other yeah. names? Uh, what yeah, about the? Uh, isn't the Alice? Isn't she like a comedian? Um, that's Augusto's mom. Augusto's mom. Um, I like see like when I when I saw her like I've never like I have never seen her before like one of those um actress like aspiring actresses here in yeah America it's like, like Fidi Los Reyes something like um, that. Fe. Uh, it's Fe. Fe de los Reyes. Uh, de, de los Reyes, okay. Yeah. It's, you're I'm, close, yeah. I'm terrible at this. I, I shouldn't have even oh, done this it's movie. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, uh, looks like that she, it looks like, um, I mean, I'm on her IMDb page right yeah. now. And, like, looking at, like, the movies that she's been in, like, just based on the titles, uh, it looks like she's a comedic actress there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe like a Joan, uh, Joan Cusack or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're making yeah. comparisons. Um, <laughs> this this movie, surprisingly, uh, yeah, it, it, it took like eight years to make. It was based on like a 10-minute short that the 
I think that the director had a hand in, and I want to say that it was part of the the DVD too, like a like a special feature. Because I remember, oh, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing something like that, and and uh, I love like supplemental material, you know, with DVDs, mm-hmm. and so I, I I watch all that type of stuff, and I think I remember um, seeing it, and it might have been titled something else too. So that's where I failed as far as my homework goes because I, I didn't, you know, <laughs> look that far deep into it. Um, but it came out in um, 2000, and I think the theatrical release in 2001. And then it mm-hmm. took like another two years for it to actually come out in the Philippines uh, in 2003. Oh, okay. And then it won a couple awards too, like some um, some uh, award in San Diego and another like Hawaiian award. So it, mm-hmm. it, yeah, so it won some stuff and like Cisco, uh, not Cisco, but I'm sorry, uh, but uh, Roger Ebert gave it a thumbs up. So mm-hmm. you know that that means something about this movie. Um, yeah, but... it was, yeah, it was really interesting, like, the topics that they touched, like, it was such, like, for, I guess, like, for a romantic comedy, or, like, a dramedy, or whatever, like, it really kind of, like, lightly touched on, I felt, like, serious, or, like, um, true to like Filipino immigrants here in America, like the issue or like situation, like issues or like situations that we deal with, like being an immigrant here in America. Um, I thought that was like really like on their, like the movie bringing those issues to light was, I don't know, like it was effective in such a short and light brush, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, when they were talking about how, like, like with Ben being, like, the white, like, he's a white boy among Filipinos, and then to his friends, he's, like, very, uh, I don't know what's the term. His friends? His two friends? Yeah, like, to his two friends, he's very ethnic, I guess. But uh, then, I, like, I know to one of them the was, like, half Mexican or something. Yeah. Yeah, or at least he mentions that he, his cousins are Mexican. Um, yeah. Yeah, what what did you think about that though? Being you know, uh, I I think it's safe to assume that you know Ben's kind of considered whitewashed. Um, I don't know if he just rejects his um, Filipino heritage, but it seems like he's really uh, or he has really distanced himself like so far to the point where his you know his two best friends they've never been to his house. You know, yeah. and his parents have never met these two guys. I think it's uh-huh. like Doug and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Doug and uh, Dave. Um, um, yeah. But uh, like apparently, his dad seems to know that he goes out gallivanting with his friends, but but they've never come over to the house. Like, well, what do you what do you think? Why do you think that is that that Ben is the way he is? Is it like his relationship with his dad? Perhaps is that why he's yeah. so. Um... Out of touch oh, with well, his heritage? I, no, I think it has more to do with what the other kids in school think of you. Okay. Um, because I totally, I, I absolutely identified with Dan, with uh, Dante Bosco's character, Ben, um, when it comes to, like, you know, not bringing your friends over or whatever. Well, I mean, like, I guess, like, in my case, like my my family, we're pretty westernized now, I guess, like pretty mm-hmm. Americanized. But at the same time, like we still um, practice um, the traditions and customs we grew up um, observing and whatnot. But um, 
But I can totally identify with him in the sense that the kids in school think you're kind of, um, I don't know, I guess like a loser or like not a loser, but you're like white kids, like just Americans thinking, oh, that kid is kind of like weird, like you're eating rice for lunch or something, like your hot lunch is rice and some sort of weird dish that mm. comes with it. And I went to a school um, where it's like mostly white kids and, um, you know, like, and observing like what their sense of humor is. One of them is, you know, like making fun of the nerds and the geeks and the weirdos and also um, just like, you have like other cultures being their punchline, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have these cheerleaders like making jokes about the girls who do their nails at the mall for having like a weird accent or whatever. Um, So yeah, basically like make, because like these people, like I guess like these kids in the school that I went to, um, they think that if you have an accent, uh, that says a lot about your intelligence, like you're stupid if you have an accent or whatever, but they don't understand that it actually takes a smart person to be able to speak two languages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. but yeah, like that being said, like if they can't smell or like see a smidge of you being like ethnic or whatever, if how well you assimilate into the surroundings you're in, um, the more likely you are to blend in, mm-hmm. I guess. And so, like, going back to Ben's uh, situation, like, I feel like um, him distancing himself or not being, I guess, uh, very open about, like, his own culture um, in school or, like, to his friends it has a lot to do with, like, um, what his peers and what his classmates would think of him if he, like, came to school with, again, like, a hot lunch with rice and whatever um, he eats with rice or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, but, you, um... you do, but, but I think that's because I can, too, relate. Like, my, my brother is 28. I'm 32, but when we were kids... Um, we went through a lot of of what Ben was going through in his high school mm-hmm. years. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny when my brother and I we both watched it uh, this movie when it came out. We're like, wow, this this is amazing because this is like, it's this is what we went through. And mm-hmm. I I knew a friend that used to put uh, a clothespin on his nose to pinch his nose. You know, yes, to, that thing to, is true. Yeah, that thing did is you, real. Did you do that, or did you know have friends that did I, that? I did that when I was on the Philippines. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. it's, uh, no, I, I, I feel like I grew up in like a, it's not colonial mentality, but, you know, like the standards, like, it, I feel like it's the same, like in other countries too, where like, oh, if you're, if you're white, if you have a like if your hair is white and you're tall and your nose is pointy and not flat or whatever, like you're pretty if you have like blue eyes instead of like brown eyes or pretty or whatever. 
And um, I remember, like, growing up, um, like, buying, like, in the Philippines, it's heavily, like, um, it's heavily marketed, I guess, like, this soap called papaya soap, and it's supposedly, mm-hmm. um, it's supposed to, like, whiten your skin or something, like, that's, like, one of the soaps that we have at home, because, like, pretty standard, like, in, I don't know, like, mom. They spend money on that just so they can, um, just so like other people could think that they're pretty. Like, oh, because I have white, like lighter skin, I'm pretty now or whatever. And with the whole thing with the clothespin, like putting it on your nose to like um, <laughs> make it pointy. Like I did that when I was a kid because I remember like my aunties would like make fun of for having like that button nose or whatever and I'm like well that shit like I think like when I'm like it's kind of like one of those things well I thought you know like when like babies they have like soft heads mm-hmm. and so like they can, like you have to be really careful of like not hitting it on something because then you might like dent it or something like that's right. what I've always thought and so when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I feel like my nose is the same way. <laughs> so if I right. just, like, keep on, like, pitching it, it will be pointing by the time I'm 18. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't, yeah. like, I didn't hear anything about, like, my nose until, yeah, until I was, you know, a lot older than, than an actual kid. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And it wasn't even, like, someone making fun of my nose, but I... I just remember somebody pointing out that, you know, how my nose is flat because I'm Asian. I was like, huh, interesting. But um, I didn't hear the whole story about the clothespin thing until I was probably probably in my early 20s, maybe about 2021 when I first first heard the story of someone ever doing that. Yeah, you're lucky because it didn't. No, I learned about that when I was like, what, seven or six? And that really fucked me up, dude. It's... (laughs) It was it was bad, <laughs> um, but now it's like it's interesting because like in the Philippines like we obsess over that, and then when I came here in America like it didn't like I was never made fun of for having like flat button notes or whatever. If anything, they thought it was cute. Right. Yeah. So like right. to any Filipino girls, like young Filipino girls who happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, don't pinch your nose. <laughs> White guys totally think it's cute. <laughs> yeah, they have flat button nose. Yeah, <laughs> I like them, but I might be a little biased. <laughs> right, just yeah. like that. What that? Um, what animal said? It doesn't get in the way when you want to kiss someone. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't get all smushed up. I think it's right. what she said. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's actually a pretty good line. You know, I, yeah. wrote, I wrote that down for later on. Yeah, um, if anything, like, I would pinch my nose all the time so that I would have a nose bridge to hold my glasses. Oh, that's yeah. the only that, problem I have with it. That's mine, too. I, I used to wear glasses, but I got LASIK surgery. But that oh, nice. that was kind of my, one of my issues is... My glasses would slide up and down often because I don't have the bridge. Yeah. yeah, you always have to push it up, and then it plays along with like it really creates. Like I wonder, I wonder if that's like the root of um, like being the a nerds. nerdy Asian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like be. I'm not. Pu- yeah, like I'm not pushing my glasses because I'm a nerd. Like I'm pushing my glasses because it keeps on sliding down. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that movie Clue? You know, based on the board game. Yeah, I've seen it once with um, Tim Curry in it. 
that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Michael McKean, uh, he he wore glasses in the movie, and he did that often as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's probably like the earliest I remember, like of a like a, mo- a character on TV that did that, or mm-hmm. I mean in the movie. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but anyway, uh, back to the movie here. Yeah. Um, the I I want to say that maybe it's like uh, Ben's relationship with his dad. I I don't know, but the whole thing with uh, him turning down a scholarship to like med school to become an mm-hmm. artist. I totally understand that because, you know, you want to do your own thing, but I'm just, I was pretty impressed to, cause I don't remember him turning down a scholarship. You know, I, I just thought that he wanted to be an artist, you know, cause he's yeah. so talented. Yeah. But, that came out of nowhere for you to yeah. like, what? There was scholarship in the mix. Like, like, I was actually, like, siding. Yeah, like, I was actually, like, on the dad's side now, to be honest, at that point when I found out that he got a scholarship. I'm like, dude, take the scholarship. Yeah. Well, he he is still, you know, a, a teenager. So, yeah. actually, now that I mentioned that, um, the what what is a debut? Um, well, I guess, like, here in America, like you would say, like debut, um, but in the Philippines, it's like pronounced like debut. Like uh-huh. at, at some point in the movie, you'd hear like I heard the dad say it, like debut okay. or whatever. And I guess like the um, more uh, accurate term for it is the de- uh, debutante ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's basically sweet 16 or quinceanera only you're 18 years old and um this is a this is the point of um a young filipina's life where she becomes like a woman we're like bloomers in the Philippines. so so we're to assume that um i well they might have even mentioned it and i maybe i forgot but annabelle's mm-hmm. um not annabelle but rose she's 18 yeah yeah. What? What? How old is Ben? Because I thought he, I thought he yeah. was also a senior. I, so, are they? Yeah, twins? it's. <laughs> I know, like I was confused by that too because, like, did, like when when they were playing basketball, basketball, like, didn't she call him little brother or something like that? She did. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and then, like, yeah, I, like, I don't know. I'm, con- yeah. I feel like they're fraternal twins or something, and could be because yeah because she, she was like wake up little brother or something like she she spoke with like the demeanor of an older sister for sure yeah yeah but it, it, it could be that you know um they they seem close but but from what we keep hearing like he's obviously not close enough to know about annabelle like he mm-hmm. doesn't even meet her until the uh the debut mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know and so i was just like you know, i was just really confused i was like so are they twins or are they not like how does he not know annabelle if you know if he's tight with his sister i i didn't quite get it but um that's besides the point really but mm-hmm. um but the mercado family yeah they it seems like like ben and his dad roland are are usually at each other's throat you know mm-hmm. and, you know, to the point where they swear at each other. And, you know, I, I, I don't know a whole lot of Tagalog, but I know that Roland was swearing in Tagalog. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, You yeah. know, after their little fight. Um, mm-hmm. And and even even Ben, like, swears, like, well, he mutters it under his breath, though, in front of his dad. But mm-hmm. that's just the kind of relationship they have. And I just, I, I don't quite 
understand it. Is it because, like, maybe Ben's been drawing, like, all these years, and his dad just was like, this is a waste of time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely that. just creates this big that. riff in the family. Yeah. It's a, yeah, if there's, I don't know, like, I feel like, at least, I guess, like, from what I grew up in, um, it's definitely, definitely, like, similar to um, Ben's family, where they expect for you to, like, just focus on your education, and then you should be a nurse, or you should be a doctor, you should be a dentist, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And anything you have, like, anything that you do that has something to do with arts, like, that's some sort of hobby, like, that's not a real job. Um right. But I'm lucky to have parents who are um, very open-minded about me or about my, um, about um, the idea of like me and my siblings just, uh, you know, being active in both. Um, like, I guess like you're, like you're fulfilling your education, like educational needs and at the same time we're like being creative like with artsy, artsy stuff, I don't know, but, um, yeah, like, I guess, like, yeah, I'm lucky to have, like, parents who, like, found a happy medium where, like, uh, get a college degree and then you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the way to do it, but, you know, he'll learn in a few years, I'm yeah. sure, he'll <laughs> probably regret it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so at the debut, the, the debut, um, yeah. <laughs> You don't, so you don't pronounce a T, right? No, no, the okay. yeah. So, so they're, um, the Mercado family, they're, um, you know, in, um, they're greeting everyone that's showing up, and Alice, uh, Augusto's mom, she shows up with a, uh, a Caucasian husband. Yeah. Um, what do you, what, what do you think about the, um, the two, how he kept um, on, I know, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Oh, uh, just how he kept on, like, correcting one of the uncles, like, the difference between Oriental and Asian? Yeah, um, I, uh, I was actually on that, um, on the husband's side, where I've always thought Oriental refers to, like, objects, not yes, the people. Yes, I did, too. Yeah, and yes. eight, like, people are Asian, um, Oriental, um, yeah, objects, kind of like, uh, Oriental rug. Yeah, and like kind of how um, before, God, like Persian is for objects. Mm -hmm. And then what was the term for people? I forgot. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, yeah. I probably oh. would have called them Persians, too. Yeah, it was like... Are there we was... losing our cre uh, Persian credit? <laughs> yeah, like there was... Um, <laughs> Like, there was this time, like, in history, like, I think in the 80s or whatever, when, uh, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not gonna bring it up, because I'm just gonna, yeah, I forgot the term, but, yeah, it's like, Persian is for objects, and Oriental is for objects, and Asian for people. Yeah, um, I've, I've always agreed with that, too, matter of fact, I, I, um, I even, um, Another podcaster used Oriental when he meant Asians, and I I, I corrected him too, just because mm -hmm. you know I I I don't I don't really get offended. It's just to me it, they they just don't know the difference. It, yeah, is all it is. It's like for but, me, but like the I way, mm -hmm. yeah, like for me, I correct someone like using or like more coming from like I'm looking out for you. I don't want you to look stupid. 
calling right. people Oriental instead of Asian. But yeah, but this guy here, he's all like, "Yeah, you should really use Asian because you know Oriental is a little bit more touchy these days." And I'm just like, "What? Why are you trying to scold this guy?" Like, yeah. you know, just, just you know, a little explanation. But no, I I agree. I was I was on that side too. But I think like maybe he could have worded it differently.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, his wife Alice, she's like, "Oh, honey, I never knew that." Like, yeah, <laughs> she's just like、oh. uh, didn't, didn't even think anything of it.、Mm-hmm. Um, but、uh, now you've most most of the. Debuts that you've gone to—they're—they're they're all pretty similar to this. Like they were pretty spot on as far as the, the, the、um, depiction of an actual traditional. I—I've never attended. Oh no, actually I have. Yeah, I've only attended one, but、uh-huh. it was an Americanized version, I guess. I feel like. Okay. But um, I didn't have one for myself. Um, I just yeah, I didn't have one. Um, I don't think my mom had one either. But like a family friend,、um, she had hers here in Michigan, and it was it was similar. Yeah, it's they、yeah. had like we usually do like eighteen roses or something like that, and、hmm. I think eighteen candles too. I don't know, but just like the way that it's set up, it's very like yeah, it's very true to how the booths are ce- celebrated, I guess. Um, okay. Like I said, like it's the sweet sixteen of、um, Filipinos.、Yeah. They really go all out. Which I thought for a postman, that was a very extravagant <laughs> birthday party for、ah. like a daughter to have.、Um, this this is where I'll I'll, I'll jump in because、um, so we meet Lolo Carlos,、mm-hmm. which is the grandfather. He comes in, has an awkward handshake with Ben because Ben doesn't know about the whole blessing、yeah. um, gesture, and、uh, not only that, he doesn't speak Tagalog. He doesn't even understand、mm-hmm. it. So it's like, wow. So he's been really out of touch with his heritage for a long time.、Mm-hmm. I mean, we see we see Rose like,、um, you know, like her Tagalog is kind of broken, but she's you know she has to think as she says it. You know, but like Ben, like no clue whatsoever.、Mm-hmm. But、um, we see,、uh, you know, Grandfather Carlos and Roland, and apparently they got beef because, like, Carlos, he like pats、uh, Roland on the stomach, like looks like you've gained weight. Oh, like,、mm-hmm. wow, you know, this is your son. <laughs> but yeah, he he kind of knocks him for like being a mailman, and this is where like I don't have an issue, but but it made me raise my eyebrow because I'm a mailman,、mm-hmm. and. I, I didn't. I don't know. Like for for Lolo Carlos to to think that this job isn't like suffice to raise a family. I think it absolutely does. Yeah, it's one、okay. of the most you know best paying jobs、um, in the country. You know,、uh, mm-hmm. the the post office itself is like the second、um, most employed company in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. You know, so、um, you know, I I think it pays pretty well, and、uh, I I think I think. How their debut looked.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I've、wow. never been to one. Yeah. I I think you know on a mailman's salary that is t- totally possible.、Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm sorry. I felt super insensitive on my end to say that. Oh no. Like for a postman,、okay. yeah, and that tone too. Oh God. <laughs>、um, this is、yeah. a disaster. No, we. <laughs> No, we we do we do pretty well.、Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna reveal, but yeah, yeah. We, we do we do pretty well. Yeah, I、um, like yeah, I have no knowledge of that.、Um, but I like 
I assumed because of, again, like Lola Carlos' uh, tone was like, oh, you're a postman. Like, yeah. I just assumed that what... it's like a, yeah. I wonder what he does, because I think that Roland's brother is a doctor, yeah. right? Because, yeah, Lolo Carlos, he, he, looks he like mentioned, he's a doctor oh, you too. know. Yeah, well, because yeah. he, he says that he spoke to his buddy in the petri- uh, uh, pediatric ward yeah. and was willing to bring Ben in, you know, for the summer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but just real quick, and we'll move on, but uh, I work with a few Filipino men, you know, and mm-hmm. I was asking them, I was like, hey, have you guys seen the the, the, the movie, the debut, the Filipino movie? Mm-hmm. And one guy's like, oh, yeah, the one where the father's the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that was his go-to, and I thought yeah. that was hilarious. And he he hadn't seen it since the movie's been out, so. Yeah. Um, so that's that's funny that that stuck with him. So mm-hmm. he must have been a mailman for a long time to, <laughs> to remember that. Yeah. Um, the the parking lot scene is that is that still pretty? You've been around uh, scenes like that at all? Um, remind me of that one. Like, with just a bunch of like young teenagers yeah. like looking over, like, oh, this guy wants to like dance with you or whatever the type of stuff yeah 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 i i haven't been around anything like that in a long time but that's that's exactly what we used to do you know go parking <laughs> lot pimping you know where all everybody's out in the parking lot and just doing random stuff you know whether uh-huh. it's basketball or hanging around the car yeah. showing things out but i just thought it was really funny that edwin spits knowledge on like car conspiracy oh, and Filipino heritage. that was what do you think about all that you like that yeah, I thought that was really, um, I thought that was, um, I thought it was funny. And yeah. I really appreciated that scene because um, I feel funny. like it addresses, like, not only that, but, like, a much um, bigger issue where, like, Filipinos, I guess, like, I've, like, I know some Filipinos who, um, just because, like, they they live here in America, um, they think, like, they're above everything. Mm-hmm. Like, just like what he's saying, like, oh, like, you have this really nice car or whatever, and, like, they're, like, distracting you from, um, you know, the real issues happening back home or whatever. Uh I think that was a really good, uh, I don't know, like, I appreciated that scene because um, a lot of the, because I'm, like, I guess, like, I'm not really that active in the Filipino community here in Michigan, but mm-hmm. I've, like, I've gone to a bunch of, like, functions where, like, Filipinos come um, come together and, like, um, yeah, like, I people watch a lot, so I notice a lot of, like, I guess, bragging, you know? Right. Like, oh, yeah, like, my husband got me this. Like, oh, yeah, my husband and I went to a vacation with our family in Hawaii or whatever. Like, oh, your husband only got you, like, an invitation purse or something like that. Hmm. Um, My husband got me a real coach purse. Like, that type of stuff. Um, But really, like, underhand bragging, I guess. And, um, I mean, not shit talking about them but i mean so like i know some filipinos who are genuinely nice and great but you also have those who are more um more worried about their social status Mm -hmm. yeah and like really materialistic and which like like 
I guess, um, in the process, like really distancing themselves from our culture. And, um, so yeah, like that whole scene with the car thing and like, Oh, you have this really nice car and like basically shitting on them. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we, we see a scene with Augusto showing off his gun Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the the one friend? I think his name was Nestor. Like he's straight mm-hmm. from the Philippines. He's only been in the U.S. Yeah. for like two years. Yeah, he's like the um, he's that other guy's brother, right? I uh, he... I, I know they're related. Because um, uh-huh. yeah, he yeah he he just said like I can't believe um you, you know we're related and just kept on calling yeah. him a fob. You know, uh, yeah. I kind of felt bad for him, but I I think all of us has met that one person that, you know, the English isn't so great and they're just really just trying to hang out and, and mm-hmm. fit in and kind of get picked on like a pet. You know? Yeah. Um, I like, I appreciated him. I loved him. He's actually like my favorite character. He's like yeah. the comic relief of all. Uh-huh. Um, Is that a but... 45? <laughs> yeah. And like, Oh my God. I lost, like I laughed really hard when they were eating and he was like, can you pass me that vinegar? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, my God, that was great. Because um, that's that's a Filipino thing, right? Like you guys yeah, are big on like, like vinegar and salt. Yeah, like he's the realest Filipino in the movie, basically <laughs> for me, and I love and respect him for that. Um, no, like he's like, yeah, like I really like that character because he doesn't care about like you know the social status or whatever. Like if he's wearing like the really cool nike stuff or whatever if he's driving like a really nice car like you said like he just wants to hang out with people right um but i'm sorry like yeah like it's um i like that he i like that they have that character in um like in the movie because uh like i like personally i don't know anybody well, no, actually, I do. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Jokoi, like the Filipino comic? Mm-mm. No, um, he's like one of, um, he's kind of like in the same vein as uh, Russell Peters, I guess. Okay. And uh, anyways, like he talked, like he has this joke about how like his mom has been here in America for like more than 30 years and she still has like the thickest and strongest Filipino accent, but I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, like there are definitely Filipinos who have lived here like for decades and they still really have that thick accent. Um, And I guess it has something to do with like, you know, the people you live with, like if Mm. at home you're still talking like in your native tongue and then the only time you get English is when you go outside. Um, of course, it makes sense that you still have that accent. And that's kind of how I was raised when I was younger. Like, um, you, you know, I'm Laotian, and I was told mm-hmm. to, you know, speak Lao at home. You know, I mm-hmm. go to school, I can I can speak English. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a brother and a sister later, my, my, my parents, they speak English back to the sisters. I'm like, well, where, where was this when I was growing up? Yeah. You know, so, so now my parents speak English, you know, they get my sisters the phones and all that. I couldn't have any of that when I was growing up. When you were growing up, um, mm-hmm. were like your parents like talking to you like in your native tongue or? Yeah. Yeah. And then like yeah. you... 
they'd really like um to be actually it was really interesting when um Lola Carlos was giving um Ben shit for like not knowing how to speak in Tagalog or whatever. And I feel right. like Filipino kids, especially like the ones who were born here or grew up here, um, it all has something to do with like the parents. It's really up to the parents if they want their children to be like speaking in Tagalog or just in English. Because yeah. like I like I know like growing up in the Philippines, um, you have these like upper middle class um, families who uh, like I like I have cousins who grew up in the Philippines and didn't learn how to speak Tagalog until they were like eight or ten. They grew, yeah, they grew up, like, being taught how to, like, speak in English because there's this, again, like, if you speak in English, that's, like, a sign of, like, you being rich or something. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know why I brought that up, but... <laughs> well, it had to do with, you know, speaking, you know, your your native tongue. What what I found interesting, like, like you said, you know, uh, Lolo Carlos was giving Ben crap for... Not speak or not understanding Tagalog yet. Mm-hmm. When he first arrived, he was just like, "Well, look what we have here." Or uh, yeah. I forget the exact wording, but he spoke like with a perfect, you know, American accent. You yeah. know, be- before before his uh, real accent actually came out. So it was just like, uh, "Well, you were just speaking to him in English, so what's yeah. the big deal?" <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what do you think about that uh, scene when they were at uh, Sheldon's party? I-, I guess it's one of uh, Ben's friends. <gasps> And they're oh. playing the drinking game. Yes. And then and they got a little got a little racy with one of the the girls. Oh she, yeah, one of the girls. Yeah. It, it uh, was so funny to me on so many levels. Like, mm-hmm. can I just? I thought it was really interesting that like her drink like spilling on her caused her to just throw up violently. Um, I thought that was interesting. I don't know why like that was the first thing that I picked up on, but. Um, no, like when she was like, um, I've never eaten a dog. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant I've never eaten a cat or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like. Kind that of came thing. out of nowhere, right? I mean. Well, yes. And that's the thing that that is real. That like, like I mentioned earlier, like in the high school that I went to, like if you're. Like, I feel like Asians are, like, a punchline or any, really, like, any um, stereotype or, like, racial stereotype. Like, that's a punchline among those kids that I went to high school with. And, um, yeah, when she said, like, when she said chink and and then, like, right before Ben's, uh, right before Ben said, like, I'm not Chinese. Like, that's what I said, too. Like, well... I laughed because that was like that was ignorant and on so many levels. Like yeah, yeah. okay, like he is not Chinese or yeah. I thought that was a really smart move on the director's part and the writer's part to like bring in like bring the type of racism to light, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like that kinda yeah, that was a little tensey, I guess, like that scene. But yeah, didn't she call? Didn't she call him like Oriental or something too? 
That I that I didn't catch, but um, I wanted to correct myself that it didn't come out of nowhere. But because when we first saw her earlier in the movie at school, she did kind of give him a little bit of a look because he was talking to her friend, you know, and they oh, they seemed right. to kind of like each other. Yeah, because she she came to pick up the friend who was talking to Ben, and like she gave him a little look, um, you know, as she was driving off. It was really subtle, but it was it was mm-hmm. um. You know, for for watching it, you know, for the review, I caught that mm-hmm. look and I go, oh, okay, because I, I remember what happens later on. Oh. Yeah, huh. so I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, just ignorance, you know, and, and maybe she, maybe she, uh, you know, really feels that way, you know, that the Asians, you know, chinks, you know, eat dogs and cats. Yeah. 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 I've always, it's happened <laughs> to me, you know, I've been like, oh, oh. Man, you, you ever tried cats or dogs? Like, no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've um, had a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, That's it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, like, I guess when I was, like, like, before I got into comedy, like, I get really, like, touchy and, like, real sensitive about, like, jokes, like, making fun of, like, Asians or any, uh-huh. like, uh, minorities really like the term fresh off a boat like I have really like that really bothers me yeah. um, especially when another Asian like calls another Asian a fob yeah. um, and now there's um, a TV show called that yeah right and uh, um, but like yeah before I was a comic like I was really touchy about that and then like now I'm just like if you give words that to, like to that much power over you, you're. It's. I feel like. I don't know. It's gonna be a hard life for you to live in. But at the same time, like, like when when are you being tolerant towards racism, and then when are you like picking your battles? I guess. Um, but I don't know. Like, I have more of a problem with like if you're gonna be racist, like, can you please be accurate about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you're going to, like, just... spew out, like, racial stereotypes to me, like, can you get it right at least? Like, like her calling, like, um, calling Ben a chink. Like, can you, like, like, come on, if you're going to be racist, like, if you're going to say chink, at least make sure that person is Chinese, not <laughs> not a different Asian. Or yeah. like, if you're going to accuse me of, like, eating some sort of animal, like, if you're going to say, like, Oh, I don't eat dogs. Or well, I guess Filipinos eat dogs. Like some of them do, but isn't that like more of a Korean thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's know. the last thing I want is Koreans to yeah, accuse right. me. Like, I heard what you said on your show. <laughs> South Koreans, they're chill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I have I have South Korean friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I said, like. And at this point, I'm like, if you're going to be racist, just be accurate about it, and then I'll let yeah. you have that fantasy. But to and and like that thing to me is like funny because you look stupid, and right. the rest of the world thinks you're stupid too. So that's on you. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, we we do get backstory of Roland. You know, this is where he sings for um for Rose. And yeah. uh, he sings so well, like even Ben's like sitting over on the uh, on the bleachers, you know, just really amazed. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I had no In idea. Awe. Yeah, I can believe yeah. that. Yeah, it's a uh, um, uh, in the Philippines, like 
I guess like we call it kundiman. Like okay. that's the type of like songs or like music where uh uh like acoustic like with a banduria which is like the 14 string uh-huh. guitar or whatever and uh and then you have this like crooner singing love songs like that was a way of um like courting a girl that you like oh wow Yeah, like you serenade the girl that you want to take out on a date. Like that's still, I, I wonder if that's still a thing in the Philippines. Because when I was still there, like there were some high schoolers who would like, you know, bring out their guitar and then like you know, start playing like whatever love song is on the radio, like a Maroon Five <laughs> ballad or whatever. But it's definitely a thing in the Philippines. Like. um Yeah, like where you go to your, you know, a girl who you fantasize and you go out, like you go to her house and she look out through her bedroom window and like watch you sing to her love songs. Like I thought, I thought that was a really nice touch. Like this movie did a really good job of like introducing like different um, like aspects of our, like of the Filipino culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciated it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was a good it was a good marriage of like American culture and Filipino culture. Yeah. And you see like and you see how these Filipinos and how these immigrants uh, become Americanized too. It was great. Like I I I appreciated like what they did in the movie. Yeah. But, it's it's um, awesome for him, for for him being like a first-time director too for this movie. Like, oh, that like was his first movie. Film. Well, yeah, his first feature film. I mean, it oh, okay. is an independent film. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so re- really, really surprised. He um, he did an awesome job. Um, but it, this is the the point that I think Ben finds out um, the history with his dad and why he left the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically, um, you know, he had aspirations to be a, a singer, and mm-hmm. when um, his mom. You know, I, I, was it when Ben was born or when his mom got pregnant? They moved. Um, I think, I think when he was, I think when he was, he was born, born, and then they okay. moved. Yeah, so Ben finds out that uh, his dad gave that up. You know, to, mm-hmm. to you know to um, bring the family to, to the U.S. Yeah, yeah to, to raise him over here. Um, mm-hmm. So, so he understands, you know, why his dad has been so hard, and you know, saying like, "Well, you know, you need to be a doctor," you know, basically, so you didn't, so you don't go through what I go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was really, you know, it, it was touching. It's it's really nice to for Ben to finally find out. You know, it's unfortunately, you know, I I don't know, um, you know how. Uh, well, okay. With my dad, he was never the type to really sit down and. and tell me things like that you know yeah and he would never explain himself I, i just be like okay i don't get it but he's just he's dad so i guess i just go mm-hmm. with it kind of thing so i, I appreciate it that ben was able to find out and able to kind of at least i think um he was able to kind of look at it from his dad's perspective at that point be like well okay mm-hmm. he was you know uh, a type of artist himself You know, and yeah. he gave up what he did because he felt he had to, and that's the only reason why he's been on me. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really good commentary on, on, on that subject, I guess. You mm-hmm. say. Um, 
But the fight with Augusto, uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts about it. I just thought it was a really interesting thing, you know, um, fighting over a girl. Uh, I guess we didn't yeah. really talk about Ben's, um, you know, uh, uh, Ben and Annabelle flirting, like they're throwing the lines out and measuring hands. Did you find that like cheesy <laughs> at all or did you think oh, it was cute? It, um, it was absolutely cheesy to me, but you could tell that like, from I guess like um, coming from being exposed to Filipino TV shows and movies and whatnot. Um, uh, it was like the movie as a whole, you can tell that it's a Filipino movie because it's so melodramatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I guess it has a lot to do with like um, the, like we have telenovelas or like, in, like in the Philippines, like soap operas or whatever. Uh, and we also have like um, Mexican uh, drama shows or whatever dubbed in Tagalog for us to watch. Oh, like, funny. yeah, like we have, um, what's that show with uh, Talia? She's like a Mexican actress, well known. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, like basically we watch a lot, like, Filipinos love drama. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic um, shows. Like, the the more dramatic the show is, the better it is, I feel like. Um, the more hair pulling, the more punching, or the more crying and yelling at each other, um, the better the show, I feel like, is. Yeah. And do you think that's why there is this fight between Ben and Augusto? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, it's a Filipino movie because it's so, mel- like, again, like I said, it's so melodramatic. Now, um, with uh, with the slow-mo during the fight, did you think something w- was going to happen? I thought at some point he was going to pull his gun and yeah. someone's going to get shot. But, um, yeah, I didn't really see that coming where, like, the dad just finds out that it, like, pulls out a gun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I assumed the worst. So, uh, but no, that was, um, that would have been really dark if somebody got shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, like, it was, uh, I don't know, like, um, it was representative of the Filipino, Filipino culture, not like in the sense that, like, you know, like you have these, like, Trump like this situation actually happening, but it's representative of Filipino culture where um, this type of um, scene is in this movie causing this type of feelings to the viewers. Like that's what shows in the Philippines um, do to their viewers, like really insert like a dramatic scene and, like, that movie is representative of Filipino culture in the sense that they're, he's, he's um, basically, like, this is a Filipino movie because it's melodramatic. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I personally have not heard or, like, witnessed, uh, like, a fight like that or, yeah. yeah but I've seen, and... But I've seen shows in the Philippines who have... Um, depicted scenes like that, and 
Um, and I don't want to say that Augusto is racist, but do you think because of like his relationship with his stepdad, you know, being Caucasian, mm-hmm. it, do you think he treats anybody who isn't like real Filipino like differently? Do you think maybe that's from from his stepdad? Because he seems to have a problem with Ben too, and you know they they tell the story of like um, Augusto moving away when his dad you know uh, passed away when he was younger, mm-hmm. and. But it, it just seems like when when him and Ben meet up again, like he just had nothing but issues with Ben, like from the get go. Yeah, yeah. I I think it was interesting. Like I don't know what happened first. If like mm-hmm. which happened first. If like his mom married a white guy, or if Ben turned his back on him and hung out with white guys. That like, mm-hmm. um, I guess like really amplified his uh. Is like prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he like lost his like loved ones to like, you know, to white people um, definitely like says a lot about him being like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good insight. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the the party's over. Everyone's taken off, and Ben's friends they they seem to be the one who's embracing like the Filipino heritage a, a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. I guess I guess that's it. But I I just think it's really funny because I I think most of my friends that weren't Asian they mm-hmm. were the very same way. You know, they yeah. were very uh, welcoming of of the culture mm-hmm. and. Um, I remember one time uh, my my grandfather was a monk. You know, he's he's passed away now, mm-hmm. and uh, he used to have this temple over in Denver. And um, I was on a road trip with three of my other friends, all different nationalities. We had a Puerto Rican, you know, a, a white mm-hmm. guy, and and a Korean guy. And mm-hmm. you know, we went to go see my grandfather, and we were blessed because uh, you know him being a monk, and um, everyone was pretty. Uh, um, they were understanding of what was going on, but my Korean friend, him being, you know, uh, a different religion and all that, was just kind of like, oh, you know, I I would respectfully like to decline to be blessed, and like, I totally understood that. But um, uh, but but the other guys, they were just like, oh yeah, you know, it's no big deal, you know, this mm-hmm. is your guys' thing. But yeah, so it, it's most most of my friends have always been very accepting you yeah. know, of the of the culture it and... seems like they like they want to learn more they're more excited to like partake in the customs and traditions more than you are it, yeah. does it feel that way yeah it does it yeah. does uh and i think maybe because kind of like ben it was mm, i don't want to say he shoved down my throat but it mm-hmm. was it it, it felt like a point of emphasis growing up like you need to maintain your culture mm-hmm. you know but as my sisters you know they're again the the oldest sister is eight years younger than me and mm-hmm. she is so americanized and mm-hmm. um like even when she speaks loud it she the accent isn't quite there and it sounds like an american speaking loud mm-hmm. you know um so it, it's just like, okay, well, what happened to the maintain the culture? Because now you speak English to the sisters and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I don't know. And, and my son, who's full-blooded Asian, mm-hmm. he, like, understands a few things, but he doesn't speak Lao. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of got lost. Um, I don't know how that is with your family. Uh, and, and you guys only 
been here a few years, but do you yeah. feel that you know you, you well you said that you guys basically have adapted the um, the Western um, values like and, and yeah values yeah yeah and so. I mean and also like even back in the Philippines like we've already consumed like a bunch of American um, culture too I guess because uh, mm-hmm. my grandparents lived in New York and. Uh, like twice a month, I feel like they always send like some sort of care package, and like most of our stuff are from here in America, and so like the American culture was not that foreign to us growing up. Um, mm-hmm. But I have I have younger brothers um, uh, on my mom's side, and uh, my stepdad. He's a he's white, and he's very encouraging of. Um, us like teaching our younger brothers, you know, to speak Tagalog so mm-hmm. they too can like understand the language. Like, okay, like maybe they maybe they can't speak it, but at least they can understand it. Um, and like with like, I guess um, the thing that really is, uh, I feel like the thing that allows for you to keep the culture is like through food. Because, like, we eat a lot of, like, Filipino food here at home, and I guess, like, that's the that's the simplest way of maintaining the culture. I yeah. think that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, yeah, that's... And also, like, we grew up, like, Catholic, and I feel like, you know, the things that, like, the practices or whatever that we do in like with that religion, the like the practices that we observe observe or whatever, it's very similar to like how are things done here in America. So, um I don't know. I guess like we're pretty assimilated into the culture like American culture, but at the same time like there are some I guess like values that are still present at home mm-hmm. such as food and not talking back to your parents, I guess. Right. Um, uh, I still have that curfew thing. Like, I totally relate to Annabelle when it came down to um, the curfew thing. I'm 21 years old, and I still have to be at home at least, like, at, like, midnight or 1. If you're going to be later, at least tell my, like, let my mom know I won't be coming home or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, it's, like, so interesting. Like, I always complain about how, like, my friends in high school, like, they never have to tell their parents or explain to their parents why are they not coming home that night. Um, I have a mom who is blowing up my phone asking me where the hell I am right now. <laughs> yeah, see, when I was growing up, it was pagers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just beeping like crazy. <laughs> Or, or vibrating because yeah. you know I'm not I'm not trying to draw attention. Yeah, true. Uh, um, but we do see Roland, you know, turn a new leaf at the end of the movie. Uh, it seems that he's going to be more uh, accepting of Ben, um, you know, going to Cal Art mm-hmm. to become an artist. So uh, I I thought that was nice too, like the way it ended, where um, 
you know, Ben was showing Roland the uh, his portfolio. Yeah. You know, and he was just looking through the pictures, and it ended it uh, ended up being the portrait of the three generations of mm-hmm. the Mercado men. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, Roland's like, "Okay, you know, let me uh, talk to your mom about this, you know, artist mm-hmm. stuff." And then he turns around, and then like, you know, um, Rose and the mom was just standing there. So they'd been there the whole time. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. And also, I think like um, one of the reasons why. Uh, I guess uh, the dad was more open-minded with him, like pursuing his uh, dreams, like with the arts and whatnot, is because like he's reminded of how badly he was being treated by his dad for like dabbling on like the thing that he loved, and it's kind of like right. he kind of saw it in his eyes, like holy shit, like, this is how I am to my son. I kind of don't want to be like that to my son. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. He almost got a beating yeah, <laughs> at the, yeah. the debut. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Um, so how we do it on this show, after we review it, we give uh, a rating out of five stars. Okay. And um, I'll, go, uh, I'll go first, mm-hmm. but... Um, Basically, this yeah, this movie I haven't seen it since it actually you know since it came out, so it's been over a decade. Oh, um, yeah, so it's been a really long time, and I remember enjoying it a lot. And um, you know, watching this again, it did take me. It was like it was like traveling back in time, you know, back back to my high school days. You know, seeing all that, it was very nostalgic. Even though I'm not Filipino, it's still very relatable because. You know, I'm Asian, and uh, you know the culture isn't that that different, really. Except for we don't have a celebration for like a 18th birthday or a 16th birthday, but it to me it it could have been like a New Year's celebration. You know, it everyone's still hanging out the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, the, I don't know how to put it into words, but this movie does speak to me, and you know, it may, maybe because it's it's basically how I grew up. You know, it. It, it was it was me in a nutshell in high school. You yeah, know, a lot of those guys were just like my friends. Um, but uh, you know, th- there's a few uh, writing things here and there. But I mean, I, I got to give credit to where credits due. You know, th- for being a first feature film, I think uh, Gene helped me out with the name again. Oh shit! Kai- uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the director. Kahayun, yeah, he yeah. just did an amazing job, and I, I think, yeah, this movie is like totally recommendable. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it, uh, I'm gonna give it four and a quarter, just because like some of those uh, cheesy pickup lines and stuff, and, and I think it's yeah. meant to be yeah. that way, oh, yeah. but it just made me roll my eyes, maybe because I'm older now, um, and and some of the writing isn't so clear, like the whole like are. Is Rose and Ben twins or not? Like yeah. some some of those, you know, like you know, you, you should just you know just forget about those type of things. But I, I, you know, sometimes it can be a little nitpicky. So I'll go with. Wait, did I give a score? Yeah, you did four, um, four and a quarter. Sorry. Four and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh, feel like I don't know, like. I give it I give it four stars. Uh mm-hmm. like I feel like for people who are interested to find out like what Filipino culture is kinda like, um, this is a good movie to watch because it yeah, um it's 
I feel like how how Filipino culture is in America, the movie does a really good job, like, depicting that. But also, like, I try not, like, I didn't, like, overthink the movie, and, like, it's it's a romantic comedy. I'm not going to watch it like it's some sort of an Academy Award-winning movie or, like, be picky about stuff. But um, I thought it was... I thought it was written well. Um, I thought I personally enjoyed like the songs too that they picked, like the to play in the background, like, like the cheesy, and... yeah, like the cheesy like two early two thousands, late nineties R and B songs or whatever. Um, there was probably like one voice. Yeah, and like know, yeah, um, and I appreciated like the fashion too back then. It was <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So were you pretty surprised? Like, because you never heard of it before, and this was your first viewing, right? Yeah, this was the first time I've seen it. I've never heard of it before, but um, yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I want to own it. I mean, yeah. I I thought I did once, you know, but yeah, you know, I I just rented it off iTunes. But I think yeah, I'm gonna, you know, look for the for the DVD and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I have a copy. So yeah, yeah I I I enjoyed it. Uh, I think a lot more this time just because the nostalgia factor too. Mm-hmm. You know, and just kind of going back and be like, wow, yeah, this was definitely a thing. You know. Yeah. Um, what is this, like 13, 14 years ago? Holy smokes. Yeah, wow. it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it still holds up. Um, you know, still, still good. And, um, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, do you want to give, uh, your contacts and, and how, like, listeners can, um, or where to find you and how to check out some of your work? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a Twitter account. My Twitter is at Jackie Marpa. It's uh, J-A-C-Q-U-I-M-A-R-P-A. Um, my Instagram is at Marpa Jackie. Um, Facebook is Jackie Marpa. Just, just search my name. Um, I mostly, like, post stuff or, like, shows that I'm going to be in on Facebook. Um, but, yeah, like, on Twitter... I just, if you're looking into reading, like, tweets that are dumb, please give me a follow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those are just the stuff where you can see what I'm up to, I guess, if you guys are wondering what I'm up to. Yeah, yeah, and I'll definitely, um, you know, make the, the links on the, the show notes so it's easy to, you know, to follow, too, so that way nobody yeah. really has to search. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll make it easy. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, no problem. No, well, thank you for coming <laughs> on to the show and shedding light on the Filipino heritage and culture. Yeah, I you did know, my like, best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you did awesome because <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, to do anything, you know, with this. I'd be like, I don't, I can't <laughs> pronounce their names and yeah. I'm not sure why this is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, let me just correct you here while I push my glasses to my face. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that you can return, you know, uh, another time, maybe another movie, maybe, um, what what did you say, maybe, maybe Beetlejuice or something like that. Oh, we'll my see. God. We'll see. Yes. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I, or Wolf of Wall Street, if you haven't done that movie yet. I've 
Yeah, Seen definitely that movie. wouldn't do it with my son. No. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe may, yeah, may, maybe a review with you and you and I. Uh, I definitely own it. So. Oh, guys, yeah, it's it's one of the one of the movies that I've like seen over and over and over again. Like yeah. I have this thing where like instead of watching new movies, I just be watching the ones that I've seen. I should really like change that. <laughs> That's going to be my yeah. New Year's resolution. I feel like. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. No problem. Uh, no yeah. problem. We didn't get any emails because I didn't ask for any. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this was uh, this was one of those few episodes that I kind of do just under the radar, and it'll just pop up in the feed. But um, so no um, no emails. But if you want to email in, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail dot com. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at hlfpodcast. Um, and until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this was Jackie Marpa. And we will see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I wish your Lola was alive. She'd be so proud. My family's been playing this a long time. My uncle showed out much money. I got family flying in. What? You want me to skip it? If you're Filipino, you can cha cha. It is in the blood. <laughs> Another doctor. We make the family very proud. I'm not going to be a doctor. Ruben, we've settled this already. Get your family in there, Ben. So what? Yo, you see that game, Ruben? I gave up my life making sure you don't go through what I did. I didn't expect this to happen. You did not expect because you didn't think. But you're not white. Oh, yeah? Who do you go with that ain't white? You actually think you're better than all of us, huh? Hi, Peter. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm well. Good. Very, very well, thanks. Good, okay. Um, I, I won't take up too much of your time. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, happy for the opportunity to speak to you uh, about the movie. Cool. So uh, recently, you know, um, I reviewed the movie for the podcast, and I had a, um, um, a Filipino comedian come on as well, and she had never seen the movie. Um, and oh, it, yeah? Yeah, it was something I saw when I was in high school. It was just, you know... Uh, one one of the movies just sitting on the shelf one day, and I decided to rent it, and it just kind of stuck with me. So, um, so happy to be able to talk to you. So I'm just getting into my car here, and I'm heading off to my next uh, next spot that I have to go to. But um, uh, can you hear me? Okay, you're getting good audio. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Great. Excellent. Yeah. All um, right. So yeah, how can I help you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you speak a little bit about um, you know the inspiration to uh, for you to start with the short story, um, you know that eventually led into uh, you writing the um, the story for the movie. Uh. Well. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, so you've seen the DVD and all the uh, the 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 
behind the scenes documentary stuff, right? When it first came out, I didn't I I didn't get to go back and watch it for this time around. Uh huh. Right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you you might want to take a look at the DVD and and watch the behind the scenes documentaries because they're all, they're also pretty thorough and and they probably will help you kind of put it all together. But um, the quick version of that is, um, you know, I always wanted to make movies, but when I was in college, I was looking for an interesting, unusual subject for my student film, something that, you know, didn't look like all the other student films that you saw, uh, that were being made. And I decided to make a, um, a road movie about myself and all of my buddies. And uh, at the time, I didn't realize the social and political significance of the fact that my whole clique of friends were all Asian-American, mostly Filipino-American. Um, and so in the process of starting to write that screenplay, I started, in terms of research and everything, I started taking Asian-American studies courses and ethnic studies courses. And, and then it just opened my eyes to this whole new way of looking at the world. And it started to make all of these feelings that were unresolved in me make sense in terms of not really fitting in, not really feeling like I really, you know, belonged or, and, and then and the biggest one of all, realizing that I never saw myself in the movies and television shows that I loved growing up um, in the eighties and nineties. Um, and so I decided, well, let's just go and make this movie about, you know, about our experience. And, you know, if we, if we don't see our image in film, then let's try and make it ourselves. Um, which, of course, is a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what started the process. This is uh, in 1992, right around, right around February. <laughs> February of 1992 is when we first started working on I first started working on the screenplay and first started working on the project. And then um, it started out as a half-hour student film thesis project that was uh, originally meant to get me my degree from film school. That was going to be the big, you know, final project that gets me my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I started working on the script and I started throwing all these different things that were in my head into it, uh, people who were reading the early drafts were telling me that, you know, this really is a feature. This is not, you know, something that small. Um, and so then I started, I reconfigured it, shot the first 10 pages of an early draft of the script so that I could prove that I could actually make a movie. Um, and then started taking that uh, around to fund the feature-like project, the feature-like version of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it took about 11 years from start to finish. Wow. From the time that we started working on the project to the time that it was released on home video and uh, came out on DVD all around the world. Um, about how much of the story would you say is um, uh, pulled from personal experiences? Uh, all of it. Not, not just from my personal experience, but also from my co-writer's personal experience, John Castro, mm-hmm. uh, who worked on it um, from almost the beginning uh, with me, uh, as well as just the experiences of all the guys that we came up with, our friends and relatives and neighbors and people that we knew um, within the Filipino-American community especially and what that was like. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's very personal, not necessarily just, just for me, but for, like, the whole... It's a very collaborative process for myself and for everybody who was involved in the, process, in the writing of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak a little bit about the casting and how that uh, came about? Um, you know, because uh, I, I do well, the casting, know that uh, for the the American 
like the younger kids, we concentrated primarily on Filipino American actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had already, I had already, I already knew Derek Bosco uh, from working on the student film. And so then I asked him to introduce me to the rest of his brothers, and so we ended up uh, casting all of the uh, Bosco brothers, all four of them, Dante, mm-hmm. Darian, Dion, and Derek, as well as even the uh, younger sister, Ariana, all in the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, put a wide casting call out for everybody else, and then we ended up trying to cast all of the adults' roles, uh, the parents, uh, from the Philippines, actors from the Philippines, uh, which made more sense, because especially cause the Filipino community then and still is today primarily a first-generation immigrant community. About 70% of the population grew up in the Philippines and immigrated here, and the other 30% are their children who grew up here. Uh, and so so we went to the Philippines, put out press releases, and started doing auditions for a number of Filipino actors uh, with the uh, with the benefit of the sales pitch was that they would get to be in an American film and get to join the, you know, the union here in the United States and have the experience of shooting a film in Los Angeles and see what it's like to actually be in an American independent film and the difference between that and, you know, what they're used to in the Philippines. Uh, that was the, uh, the draw. And so we were able to bring over Tirso Cruz, uh, Eddie Garcia, uh, uh, Gina Alahar, and Ernie Zarate. Uh, to come from Manila to star in the movie. Do you have any uh, fun fact that, uh, you know, maybe something that happened during filming uh, that maybe was not mentioned in the, you know, DVD supplemental material or anything like that? Fun stories? None that are suitable for uh, public sharing. All of of the important stuff. And I would, you know, and you can can just read it through Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, if you, uh, if you have their DVD rental service, right. they, they have it available, and you can rent it that way. And then uh, what, what we normally do, and what I what I suggest folks do, is if, if you're going to watch it again, the first thing you want to watch is you go, navigate to the special features menu of the, of the DVD, mm-hmm. go to the featurettes section, and inside the featurettes section, there's a movie called, a little documentary, it's about 20 minutes long, called The Making of the Debut. And okay. it gives you a pretty comprehensive overview of what it took to actually make the film and what the film meant to the community. More traditional, you know, kind of behind the scenes making up, but it puts it in context, which is important for a movie like this because there really isn't anything else out there like it still to this day, unfortunately. Right. Um, and then um, watch the film itself, which is 88 minutes. And then after that, uh, I would suggest watching the second featurette called Touring the Country, the little film that could. That one's nine minutes long. Mm-hmm. And that covers what it was like for us to, what, after we finished the film, to discover that Hollywood was not interested in releasing the film or, or having anything to do with it, even though we were winning awards on the film festival circuit and it was a really big hit on the film festival circuit. It just didn't connect with the powers that be at the time. I, I don't even know if that's any different today, whether it would be any different you know, in today's environment. Probably not. Um, and um, and so we decided to go and release the film ourselves in theaters across the country. We went to 15 cities, driving mostly to 15 different major metropolitan areas around the country: L.A., New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, Seattle, Honolulu, Washington D.C., um, all around the country. And we played in only 55 theaters throughout the entire two two-year run of the pro of, of the of the film. 
basically we, we would go to a new a new city once every couple of months. That's why it took two years. And um, and the film ended up grossing uh, almost two million dollars at the box office. If you adjusted it to, to today's dollars, it'd be like two point four, two point five million, which is a very um, a pretty serious gross for an independent film in only fifty five theaters. To right. this day, it's the highest it's the, it's the highest grossing self distributed Asian American film of all time uh, by a lot. That's amazing. Um, and so the touring, the touring the country documentary will give you an idea of what it was like to actually spend two years of your life living out of a suitcase, driving around from one movie theater to another, releasing the film one city at a time. Wow. Yeah, but there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's stories, but nothing that I couldn't, yeah, that I would not, yeah, there's nothing that I could actually <laughs> share that wouldn't get everybody in trouble. No, that's fine. Um, so now it being 2015, uh, about you know 15 years later. Where, uh, where in your mind is uh, Ben Mercado and Annabelle? Where are they in their lives right now? We talked briefly about a sequel. Um, I even went to the Philippines a few years ago to actually research whether or not there was any real money for it, mm -hmm. uh, any interest in it. We got soft yeses from um, several studios out there, but soft yeses in Manila really means no. Um, and so not wanting to have to go through the hell that was making the first film again. Uh, the sequel is on the shelf unless somebody is able to come up with, you know, some actual money to make the movie. Um, you know, so in my mind, the story of where Ben and everybody is now is wrapped up in that story. I would love to tell in the second movie, uh, which is a marriage film. The whole movie is, uh, so the first one is all about a debutante ball. The second film is all about a, a wedding. Oh wow! Um, but there's no money to make, to make it, and I'm right. not interested as a, as a father of two boys, two teenage boys. Now, I have no uh, ability to be able to do what I did on the first film again. Uh, I have other responsibilities that take precedence at this point. Okay. So. Yeah, that that that's really it. I, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. Just you know, just get a few questions out and. You know, just to be yeah. able to hear a little bit of a view. So the, the, the my 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 biggest one was was that actually. Uh, you know, if you had any thoughts of where the main characters were at this point, and I think a wedding that's that's a great idea. Um, so it you yeah. know perhaps one day, you know I, I would you know love to see the continuation <laughs> of that story. <laughs> well, if somebody wants to throw a couple million dollars our way, then maybe uh, we've got uh, a story that we can tell. Like Sounds good. <laughs> we've, the outline that we've got is really strong, and I think it's a really it's a really solid follow up to the first film. You know, um, and when you consider that the first film is one of the most it's not it's not only the most successful Filipino American film of all time. It's also if you compare it to all the other Filipino films, it's a it's one of the top five highest grossing Filipino movies of all time in the history of Philippine cinema. Mm -hmm. um, but because it's a Filipino American story that deals with the story of Filipinos living abroad, um, it's a little bit of an unusual animal, I think, for uh, the uh, studios back in the Philippines to get their heads around, because they're more used to developing movies that are specifically for the Filipino market, which is a very different aesthetic and a very different um, energy than um, a, a movie that takes place in America about Filipinos in America. Um, so I understand the trepidation. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, um, you know, that there, that there is not that one angel investor out there who's interested in actually taking the plunge with us and seeing what we could do the second time around, which, 
if the first movie is any indication, we should be able to do quite well with the second film. But, you know, I can't work for free anymore. I'm not a kid anymore. So <laughs> right. That's just the way it goes. Do you do you still keep in contact with any of the cast? Yeah. Yeah, we see each other from time to time. I saw the Bosco brothers and uh, the whole family, actually, last week at my friend's uh, uh, screening. Oh. Uh, it's a movie called Awesome Asian Bad Guys, which is available now online. Um, you can rent it, I believe it's on Vimeo or a number. If you just, if you just uh, look up Awesome Asian Bad Guys, Dante Bosco plays one of the supporting characters, and he's hilarious. Oh, okay. It's a really, really funny, low-budget, independent movie that satirizes. It's a farce and a satire on, if you remember what it was like for, um, you know, people in your 30s and 40s growing up in the 80s and anytime you saw an asian character on screen he was usually the the, the henchman right um the dude with, the dude with the machine gun that gets killed by bruce willis or you know impaled by arnold schwarzenegger or something like that in or one of those action movies sure exactly <laughs> and so uh so awesome asian bad guys kind of riffs and satirizes that whole thing where asian characters were only good for body counts and nothing else uh, and the movie's hilarious. It's really, really funny. So if your viewers want to check it out, Dante has a supporting role in there, and he spoofs himself, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think and I will. It's, it's a pretty cool flick. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Gene, I'd like to thank you for for you know spending the little bit of time here to to speaking with me about your movie. Um, sure. You know, I'd love to keep in contact, and and you know, again, who knows? Maybe somebody throw a few millions uh, your way, and we can get a part two coming. <laughs> Well, if you win the lottery, give me a call. Okay. Right? Will do. You have a good evening, <laughs> sir. Take care now. Filipino, Filipino, Filipino. Hoy pare, pakinggan nyo ko. Ito nang tunay na Pilipino. Galing sa barrio sa pambato. Pumunta ng LA, nagtrabaho para makatulong sa nanay. Dahil sa hirap 